Today is Monday, August 7th, and this is the Daily Signal Podcast. I'm Virginia Allen. Pro-abortion forces have moved from physically targeting pro-life centers to weaponizing legislation against them. Compass Care CEO and pro-life strategist Reverend Jim Hardin joins us on the show today to explain why the pro-abortion movement is now turning to legislation to stop the work of pro-life centers and what the pro-life movement is doing to fight back. Stay tuned for our conversation. But first, I want to tell you all about another great podcast right here from the Heritage Foundation and The Daily Signal. As conservative women, you know, you may have heard the term that we're problematic women. And it's true because we don't adhere to the agenda of the radical left. Every Thursday morning on the Problematic Women podcast, Kristen Eichammer, Lauren Evans, and me, Virginia Allen, are joined by other conservative women to break down the big issues and the news that you care about. Whether you're interested in hot takes and conversations on pop culture or what Congress is up to, Problematic Women has you covered. We sort through the news to keep you up to date on the issues that are of particular interest to conservative-leaning or problematic women. You can find Problematic Women wherever you listen to podcasts, and be sure to follow the show on Instagram. Now, here's my conversation with Reverend Jim Harden. It is my pleasure today to welcome back to the show Compass Care CEO and pro-life strategist, Reverend Jim Harden. Reverend Harden, thanks for being back with us today. Thanks for having me back. It's always an honor. Well, Compass Care is a pro-life pregnancy center in New York. And Reverend Harden, we last had you on the show back in March after the center was attacked for a second time. Last year, the center was firebombed. And then earlier this year, someone defaced your sign with red paint. Talk us through a little bit of what has happened since then. Has there been any accountability for the individuals who carried out those attacks against you? Did did police or law enforcement ever find out who attacked you? Well, with respect to the firebombing, which, you know, represented half a million dollars of damage and, and injuring two firefighters, no progress has been made on the side of the FBI or certainly not the DOJ. And uh, we had to hire our own private investigator who has a team currently still working that case and uh, is is pursuing uh, several promising leads right now. So we had to obviously pursue our own justice there. We're hoping to, to get to get a breakthrough shortly. The second attack, which by the way, both both attacks, we reached out to the FBI because we were concerned about certain threats that were looming. And we were concerned specifically about a fire, a firebombing. <laughs> we got firebombed after we notified the FBI that we were concerned about a firebombing two weeks prior. We did the same thing when, when it, with respect to the second kind of attack, which was a graffiti of our sign, which, you know, in red paint saying liars, we notified the FBI about um, our concerns on the lead up to the oral arguments for the, the case that might overturn or overthrow FDA's approval of the dangerous chemical abortion drug. That happened on March 15th. We notified the FBI before that. We were again attacked on Mar- the, that, that evening, March, uh, early in the morning, March 16th. We did find our video surveillance was, was very effective that time in identifying the perpetrator. She was arrested and charged and pled guilty to a um, felony misdemeanor 
and um, that's in court right now. The Erie County District Attorney is prosecuting, but the FBI and DOJ refuse to prosecute on FACE Act violations. Christopher Ray, director of the FBI, said that they would they prosecute fairly and, and equitably, whether it's an attack on, a, on an abortion clinic or a pregnancy center, pro-life pregnancy center. Uh, Mayor Garland's under oath said the same thing, uh, that they would prosecute whenever they caught anybody. They have so far uh, refused. I said that they were lying, and of course, uh, they, 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 they are demonstrating that they were just putting forward a, a good foot to show uh, that, that they shouldn't be um, <laughs> impeached as uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene thinks they should for their abdication of duty and uh, looking into violent attacks on pro-life pregnancy centers. So that's where we are right now. We'll have more to, more to come probably at the end of the week on um, more legal action against uh, the criminals. Okay, wow. So just a quick reminder for our, our listeners, the FACE Act stands for Freedom of Access to Clinic Entrances Act. And this is specifically in place in order to protect those organizations that serve women and, and provide care to pregnant women. So while, yes, this applies to your Planned Parenthoods, it applies just as much to pro-life pregnancy centers. And so that's that's very fascinating to me that your center that provides services to pregnant women was specifically targeted for doing so, and yet the government is refusing to use the FACE Act in this case. That's right. In fact, the FACE Act has been used almost solely since its inception in the Clinton administration in the 1990s to indict pro peaceful pro-life people out in front of, of, of abortion clinics to, to cool and quell pro-life speech. And just last year alone, there have been over 300 attacks on peaceful pro-life entities, including churches and pregnancy centers. And I believe for the first time in the history of the FACE Act, under severe pressure from the Senate and House Judiciary Committees, the DOJ finally indicted Jane's Revenge graffiti artists down in Florida. First time a FACE Act violation was, was brought against a pro-abortion extremist that we're aware of. So no convictions, though. No convictions anywhere in the country as of yet. Wow. Well, we're we're waiting for that. And we'll be watching for that. Now, I want to get into a little bit about, you say, this shift that's happening, that uh, what we're seeing is that pro-abortion forcers have moved from physically attacking pro-life centers to weaponizing legislation against the kind of care that you all provide. So can you just explain what is happening, first specifically in the state of Illinois, regarding the law that Governor J.B. Pritzker recently signed that you say could threaten pro-life centers? Yeah. So I said a couple months ago that um, we started to see an ebb in the violent attacks against pro-life entities and a rise in potential weaponization of legislation specifically targeting pro-life activity in the public square and specifically even more so pregnancy center activity. They're using the same language as Jane's Revenge. This is a pro-abortion domestic terrorist front group for Antifa that radicalizes and recruits pro-abortion people for for their cause. And, uh, you know, so they're insisting that we're, you know, pregnancy centers are engaging in misinformation in both marketing as well as services. They're saying that we're harming women by uh, you know, uh, not providing her with accurate information or intentionally misleading her regarding the, the risks and side effects of abortion in particular. And the Illinois governor, Prisker, as you said, essentially signed this bill specifically giving the attorney general in Illinois the, the 
essentially unfettered ability to define what deceptive practices means and what misinformation means when, when it comes to the activities and speech of pro-life pregnancy centers, which comes with $50,000 fines for each occurrence as they define it. And uh, this, this could severely harm a pregnancy center and, and basically put them out of business. And that's what they really want to do. Their goal, at Jane's Revenge, in their first communique after the first firebombing at the pro-life organization in Madison, Wisconsin on May 8th, 2022, said essentially their goal is to shut down pregnancy centers. They issued a 30-day ultimatum for, for pregnancy centers to shut down or face similar fates. And uh, that's what, you know, uh, Elizabeth Warren said she wanted to do. And uh, she wants to shut down pregnancy centers all across the country because we're, she said we're harming, terrorizing women. I mean, who's, who's terrorizing women here? Who's harming women? New York State did the same thing. Six days after we were firebombed, Kathy Hochul, Governor Kathy Hochul, signed a bill to investigate the, quote, uh, well, fraudulent practices of pregnancy centers. The Biden administration, Joe Biden himself, signed an executive order on July 8th, uh, 2022, for the DOJ to create a reproductive health task force to look into what they called, quote, the fraudulent practices of pregnancy centers. And then, of course, whistleblowers came out of the FBI saying that they it created a new threat tag for people that adhere to pro-life beliefs and specifically look into, quote, pregnancy centers. OK, so there's a movement out there to weaponize not just legislation, but also the DOJ and the FBI and the, and, and the resources thereof to specifically push pregnancy centers, vilify them and push them out of the public square as if uh, they're doing the wrong thing. We're not doing the wrong thing. The reason why New York State and New York uh, Governor Hochul did not act on the law that she signed to investigate pregnancy centers is because I believe she's afraid of the public debate. There's a there's an expose that came out by Ben Johnson at the Washington Stand, which you, you probably are aware of, I, highlighting the serial malpractice of the abortion industry in New York State. But the, New York State is not an anomaly. New York State is the rule. As goes a, a abortion in New York, so goes abortion through the rest of the country. The abortion industry is committing serial malpractice and fraud. They're saying that chemical abortion, 500% more dangerous than surgical, one in 20 women ending up in the emergency room. They're saying this dangerous chemical abortion drug is safer than Tylenol. Uh, we're the only ones, pregnancy centers are the only ones providing women with true informed consent. So they're attacking the, the, the politically disfavored, targeting, singling out pregnancy centers because by the, by the pro-abortion political elite, using language of Jane's revenge, uh, specifically to protect the abortion industry. And I believe the next step is not just weaponization of, of you know, legislation, but actual litigation. So thankfully, the Thomas More Society out in Illinois, in Chicago, you know, filed a preliminary injunction on this law to protect the, the absolutely essential life-saving activity of pregnancy centers from these pro-abortion political elites. There's such a, a critical pushback that is happening, like you said. So the Thomas More Society, on behalf of, of pro-life pregnancy centers, they've filed for a preliminary injunction against the law in Illinois. Explain what exactly this lawsuit is asking and seeking. Well, essentially, this lawsuit is, is seeking to vacate the law that, that was just signed by the governor as, uh, you know, a violation of the, the First Amendment rights of pro-life people, violation of freedom of speech in particular, as, all, as well as the violation of the 14th Amendment rights of uh, equal protection under the law and due process. You know, this is, this is unfair targeting. This is like Stalinistic, you know, Article 58 type stuff, you know, where you got these political elites that have control over the legislature and the executive branch just totally undermining the rule of law by using the legal system. 
it is unjust. The law itself is unjust. And everybody, whether they're pro-life or not, ought to be very concerned about the precedent that this sets for government uh, to wrest uh, control and, and limit and abridge the, the rights of, of, of disfavored, politically disfavored people. They're saying that pro-life people can't speak the truth about the dangers of abortion and they have to they're, – they're, they're forcing pro-life people to say that childbearing, having a child is 14 times more, more deadly than, than abortion. When in fact, the peer-reviewed medical journal uh, studies across the globe say that there's a 44% increased risk of breast cancer – uh, with 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 abortion, a 52% increase in preterm deliveries, an 80% increased risk of, of a negative mental health diagnosis. And by the way, these are studies that are all across the globe. And there's meta-analysis that goes with it that demonstrate a dose effect, which means that the more abortions you have, the higher your risk is for breast cancer, preterm delivery, etc. So they don't want the world to know the fraud that is abortion. Abortion itself is not medicine. The original Hippocratic Oath the oath that doctors would take before they started practicing medicine independently, had this phrase in it. It says, I will not give a woman an abortive remedy. Out of all the things that they could have put in the Hippocratic Oath, why did they choose abortion? And I think it's because the purpose of medicine is to heal and to maintain the health of the patient. And abortion does neither one of those two things for either the woman or the baby. So abortion represents the original quackery, a total violation of Western medical ethics. Hmm. Why do you think that there have been such targeted attacks on pro-life centers? Of course, first, what we saw with, with physical attacks against these centers, and now we're seeing legislation attacking these pro-life centers. Why? I believe that pregnancy centers are being attacked because of what we believe. What we believe is that all people are made in the image of God and therefore equally valuable, deserving of blessing and protection without partiality, without qualification. And that belief is the belief that stands between tyranny and a constitutional rule of law. We are endowed by our creator, not by our government, with certain inalienable rights. And so when the government decides to come along and fabricate rights, those will ultimately be on a collision course, as Samuel Alito said in the Dobbs case, with the inalienable ones. So if you create a right to abortion, there's gonna, it's going gonna, it's gonna to collide with the right to life at some point in time in the, in the future. And, and so what that does is it undermines the rule of law and paves the way for a, a, a tyrannical regime to, dis, to, to determine uh, the rights and control the rights, so to speak, of the population. And Antifa, according to their own goals, has said that they want to destroy the nation state system that basically rep is represented by the bulwark that is America – constitutional rule of law in order to pave the way for a global communism. And you see Antifa at work all over the, all over the globe. It's specifically through these left-wing kind of extremist groups, transgender groups, the pro-abortion groups, the Black Lives Matter groups, the ecological groups. So I think that it's because of what we believe that we're being attacked so, so readily. They don't care about abortion. They really don't. They don't care about women's health. They don't care about women's rights. They don't care about access to health care. What they care about is what abortion gives them. Abortion gives the political elite absolute power, the ability to decide who lives and who dies. And it's a slippery slope because if the government is allowed to decide there's certain categories of human beings that are disqualified from protection under the law, 14th Amendment, then who's next? Your neighbor, your grandmother, the, the, you know, the, the, the people that are too expensive, the people that are not producing, the people that are you know, uh, maybe pro-life that are staying in your way, that are inconvenient. This is a, a terrible terrible kind of knife's edge moment that America is on right now. And it just so happens that, that the, the flashpoint 
is abortion because they know what it means. Are there steps that pro-life centers, specifically in blue states, should be taking to protect themselves so that maybe you know there there hasn't been maybe legislation in their state yet that targets pro-life centers, but are there things that centers should be doing to prepare and to make sure that they can continue serving women in their state no matter what comes down the line? That is a great question. And I think there is uh, things that pregnancy centers in particular can do to uh, continue to protect their place in the public square so that they can be uh, they can continue to, to do their life-saving work. I think, number one, uh, the, the, the executives and the boards need to steal themselves, if you will, get ready for being attacked and for being sued. We're going to have activist lawyers coming out of the woodwork, I believe, uh, and and trying to file lawsuits. They'll be frivolous, and hopefully the, the judiciary will come down on that, but steal themselves against the inevitable uh, attacks, lit, lit, litigious attacks. Also, the legislative attacks. Be ready to speak out and be ready to speak up about the fact that we have the moral high ground. We are doing what is right. We are providing informed consent to women facing unplanned pregnancy while the abortion industry and, and get, get educated on the fraud that is the abortion industry because the public debate has to happen and they don't want the public debate to happen. They think that if you if they can make the pregnancy center a defendant or the or the the brunt of a, a legislative investigation, it will vilify them, demonize them and garner public sentiment to regulate them out of business. And that's that's what their goal is. So stand up, be ready to speak out, on, educate yourself on the fraud that is abortion in your state, whether it's Massachusetts or New York or Illinois or California or New Mexico. These people are and, – and, and be ready to, to, to speak the truth forcefully. It doesn't mean you're not a Christian if you're speaking the truth forcefully. Jesus spoke the truth very forcefully uh, in his ministry. And, and uh, you know, so live out your faith. You're going to be attacked for, for working for the oppressed and, 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 the, and the orphaned. But stand firm in it no matter what comes your way. You know, let your faith be on display in your endurance when, when it comes. It's mm, beautiful. Reverend Hardin, would you just share briefly a little bit about the work that you all do at Compass Care, how many women you all serve every year, and how listeners can get involved? Yeah, I'd be happy to. Uh, Compass Care provides ethical medical care, comprehensive community support, providing for the unmet health and resource needs of women seriously considering abortion all across New York State and through telecare. Our goal is to cut the time it takes for a woman to get to a pro-life nurse from 24 hours to 24 seconds. She's traveling now. The abortion industry's business model has shifted. She's traveling to an abortion hub state to get an abortion like New York or California, or she's going online to get these dangerous abortion, chemical abortion drugs illegally shipped to her in the mail without any kind of diagnosis or, or physician supervision. So we do that. Telecare, we, we serve thousands of patients every year, and we also help pregnancy centers to get the, the, the training and, and tools, the 21st century tools they need to uh, compete with the abortion industry in their region. So the other thing that we do is, is you know, things like this, where we, we seek to protect the, the, uh, the pregnancy centers from attack in the public square so they can continue to do what they do free from attacks and, and censorship and that sort of thing. So they can go to compasscarecommunity.com to learn more, compasscarecommunity.com to learn more about how we're helping women uh, and, and babies from, uh, from being uh, essentially abused and killed in abortion. Excellent. Reverend Hardin, 
of Compass Care. Thank you so much, Reverend, for your time today and for highlighting this issue. And we really look forward to continuing to tracking what is going on specifically with this lawsuit in Illinois uh, and also just across the country as pro-life pregnancy centers continue to put a stake in the ground and say that they will protect and defend women in their time of need uh, and beyond. So thank you for the work that you're doing and for joining us today. My pleasure. Thank you. And with that, that's going to do it for today's episode. Thanks so much for joining us for the Daily Signal podcast. If you've never had the chance, make sure that you check out our evening show. It's right here in this exact same podcast feed. And every weekday around 5 p.m., we bring you the top news of the day so you can stay informed on what is happening in our world. Also, make sure that you take a moment to subscribe to The Daily Signal wherever you like to listen to podcasts. You never miss out on new shows. And take just a moment to leave us a five-star rating and review. Thanks again for being with us today. Have a great Monday. We'll see you right back here at 5 p.m. for our top news edition. The Daily Signal podcast is brought to you by more than half a million members of the Heritage Foundation. Executive producers are Rob Bluey and Kate Trinko. Producers are Virginia Allen and Samantha Asheris. Sound designed by Lauren Evans, Mark Guiney, and John Pop. To learn more, please visit DailySignal.com.